Hi guys, and they've finally done it. Sony have revealed details of the PlayStation 5 and the games that we'll be playing, not just this year, uh, but all the way to 2022, or at least some of them. So uh, I'm going to go through my thoughts on yesterday's stream, um, what I liked, uh, a couple of questions as well, and maybe some thoughts uh, more generally about the bigger picture. Uh, all that on this week's show of the Gameplay Pod. <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome to episode 11 of the Gameplay Pod. Uh, my name is Giles Nicholson, I'm Giles Wentwest West on Twitter, Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. Uh, please give me a follow or invite me to a game, very, very happy to uh, join you and uh, probably get thrashed. Um, so yeah, if you want to up your kill-death ratio, uh, give me a follow. Um, today is a really big day um, for next-gen news, so um, we are coming off the back of PlayStation's uh, massive um, PS5 reveal last night, uh, that's 75 minutes I think, an hour and a quarter-ish of mostly games and a little peek at the hardware as well finally, so we got to, we got to see the console with uh, lots of reactions there. Um, and I think it was just a, it was a really well hyped, um, really well trailed event, and so a huge amount of attention on Sony and PlayStation last night. Um, so today I'm going to run through a little bit about um, what we got, um, what I thought was good about it, any misfires or potential issues, um, and it was a really, I think, a really solid. Um, presentation, so uh, not many of those, but a few things I wanted to call out. Um, and then I've got some thoughts on the bigger picture as well, thinking about um, how uh, PS5 is going to fit in with uh, Xbox Series X and next gen generally, and obviously uh, going to throw in the streaming services and PC into that space as well. Um, so yeah, loads to talk about today, and uh, I'm looking forward to jumping in. So what did we get yesterday? Um, a lot of information. I mean, Sony have been um, conspicuously quiet talking about PlayStation 5 and games, and uh, for very good reason. You know, um, Last of Us 2 is, is just about to come out, and Ghost of Tsushima uh, still on the horizon. So you can definitely understand why they've uh, kind of tried to keep the focus maybe on the current generation. Uh, and it could also have something to do with the uh, the uncertainty, uh, obviously, in the world right now, um, particularly coronavirus. Um, and so you never quite know, but as I say, Sony have been quiet, where Microsoft have been really um, getting information out really since, I think, uh, the Games Awards, just before Christmas. So um, this was a huge drop of information. So. Um, first things first, uh, or rather last thing first, because we finally got to see the console itself. Um, so yeah, the PlayStation 5 is, uh, what is it? Um, well, if you've not seen it, it's worth having a look because it's probably one of the most uh, sort of bold, one of the boldest and most radical uh, console designs, that certainly much more than I was expecting. Um, yeah, if you go back, I mean, there have been a history of kind of weird looking consoles um, and um, it's sort of over the last few years or rather the last few generations I'd say things have become quite um, quite normal. I mean he had some design flourishes, the PS3 for example um, was kind of quite an interesting mix of kind of curves and straight lines. Um, obviously when PlayStation 4 kind of first came out uh, there was a bit of talk about its uh, it's kind of, is it a rhombus? I think it's a rhombus, kind of off, you know, off centre rather than square. Um, and Xbox 360 had uh, had a sort of um, breathe-in type design, uh, certainly the original um, Xbox 360s. Um, but these were all quite subtle and, and relatively small, um, relatively safer, I'd say, design options compared to something like, I don't know, the GameCube was, uh, quite weird, the controllers for things like the N64, um, you know. So this uh, PlayStation 5 design, I think, the unit itself, worth calling out, it's 
you're not trying to blend in by any means. So um, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, a sort of black union centre kind of surrounded by two, um, two white uh, kind of fins. Um, people have compared it to a massive router, which I can definitely see. Uh, if you've got a Virgin Media router, um, I can't remember the generation, I think Virgin, um, stick to uh, two pieces of paper either side of it and that's what it looks like. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's eye-catching for sure. Uh, if you saw, or for anyone who saw the DualSense um, when they teased uh, or rather released information about that, um, I guess it's no surprise because that uh, controller itself was uh, the sort of two-tone uh, white and I think dark grey on the controller, but maybe black. Uh, with a kind of blue light highlight um, very much reflect design language reflected right through into the machine. Um, so one of the things that wasn't particularly clear maybe last night and now is clear having um, seen some sort of size comparisons is the machine itself is also huge. Um, so you know if you thought the Series X was a fridge uh, and it's certainly still much thicker um, than the PlayStation 5 um, in dimensions. But um, yeah, the PlayStation 5 is going to tower over the um, Series X in terms of height um, and is uh, actually, when you look at comparison, seemingly the, the kind of tallest when stood on its side anyway, um, stood, on, stood vertically, shall we say. Um, certainly the tallest console I can remember. Um, I mean, it looks significantly longer, taller uh, than the original Xbox One, which um, you know I remember when I got my original Xbox One and it was day one. Yep, I was one of those people. Um, but um, yeah, getting it out of the box and, and putting it in my um, in my setup, um, it's, it was it was bloody ginormous where I felt it at the time. Um, and PlayStation 5 now will top that. So um, I think on the design point, uh, uh, you know, obviously people jumped in and, and memed the hell out of it already. Uh, kind of funny, um, but from my point of view, it's it's really not what I'm looking for from a console. Um, but I can see why people like it if they do like it. It's and uh, what I can end about it is it's interesting, you know, they've really gone for something here. Um, personally, you know, I'm 41, I would um, occasionally invite people around to my house who are uh, maybe not um, big gamers. Um, and also just in terms of generally the sort of aesthetic of what I'm looking for in my tech, I really like minimalist design um, and I tend to go uh, less flashy. So. Um, this is a console that um, wants to be noticed uh, and personally I like my tech to blend in so it's not my style uh, I don't hate it uh, I think it sort of maybe looks a bit kind of brash um, I can also see criticisms thinking it's a bit toy-like and definitely um, that jumps out to me but what really jumps out to me is how similar it is to um, some of the stuff Sony's been designing for a very long time I mean they're their sort of um, kind of robotic dog uh, from years ago, I think it was called Ibo. It really reminds me of that, the white and black. Um, and it feels very sort of futuristic in not necessarily a good way for me anyway. It's sort of, um, yeah, anyway, it's going to be a personal preference. Um, big line in the sand, one of the first, one of a number rather, of lines in the sand between Sony and, and Xbox here. Um, Sony and Microsoft, PlayStation 5 wants to be noticed and um, certainly it's got the internet talking so it's done that. Okay so that's the console itself and it's been a long time coming so I wanted to spend a bit of time on that and um, like I said the best thing to do is go and check it out yourself if you haven't seen it. Uh, you will have strong opinions I can pretty much guarantee that. Um, again, you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not a good thing. Time will tell. Um, but the bulk of what was shown yesterday was games, and I think um, again, Sony were really, really wise here, um, making it very clear with a really brief introduction um, at the start of the uh, the session that there would be a big focus on games, and I think also 
whether they learnt from uh, Microsoft's pretty shabby May event, um, although that was always never intended to be kind of the, the main event. I mean, they're, they're talking about July, aren't they, for their first party titles? So I think that's maybe got lost in the wash a bit. But I think Sony either picked up from that or just did it right and focused on games. A large amount of uh, the footage looked like it either was gameplay or at least was uh, representative of gameplay. I'm air quoting because um, that can mean all kinds of things. And so, you know, it may not be sort of what things look like in the final version, um, but it felt like it. Certainly, I think, gave that impression. I think the people who came away from um, Microsoft's uh, May event and have come away from quite a lot of presentations, I think, feeling like they've just got pre-rendered stuff or um, sort of concept, um, you know, concept um, footage. A lot of these games felt like they were um, largely gameplay, and, and quite often, Sony's really good, actually, particularly good, I think, of um, running trailers that um, blend um, kind of pre pre rendered stuff into gameplay. So, um, yeah, I'll talk about a couple of examples about that when we get to the games themselves. But um, that's uh, what we got games, 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 uh, and quite a lot of uh, either in house or third party exclusives as well. So, let's start with them. Okay, so. Uh, I won't be able to go through everything, um, there were a lot of games, that's uh, that's kind of point number one um, and really worth pulling out and also I thought Sony did really well in giving variety um, within those, um, within that sort of hour and a quarter. So um, one of the things that jumps out is just how hard Sony have hit um, exclusives. Um, now there is a slight caveat to that, but let's go through them. So we saw um, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, uh, that was uh, after a slightly weird start, that was the sort of first big reveal. Um, only a couple of years after um, the Spider-Man game on PS4, so that's interesting, um, and due for launch holiday 2020. So not necessarily at console launch, although, you know, it's quite possible that's the wording they're kind of implying um, without wanting to commit to dates. But that's not, you know, and there were some games here that did this, it's not, you know, coming in two years time, that's coming this year. So that for me, um, great start. Spider-Man I absolutely loved on PS4. And also um, a lot of the demos, a lot of the talk about, say, fast loading times have been focused around how Spider-Man works. So that feels really natural um, and, you know, a great time to have Miles Morales, uh, African-American main character in a game. So um, Spider-Man, I mean, it's sort of a no-brainer, but um, I've got a few things to, to pull out about Spider-Man a bit later as well, so let's come back to those. Um, but yeah, great start to the conference and then following up with Grand Turismo 7. Um, and so again, you know, racing games, I love racing games. Um, but even if you don't, I mean, they always look fantastic. Um, and GT7 looked great. Um, no date on GT7, um, and that's a bit of a theme again for uh, the show. Um, but yeah, comparing with Spider-Man, which was coming this fall, no, holiday, sorry, holiday 2020. What did I say fall anyway? Autumn. We mean autumn. Um, but GT7 just didn't have any day at all and um, that was quite common actually when you go through the other exclusives so uh, following up from Gran Turismo we had Ratchet and Clank um, a new game from Insomniac looked amazing I think Ratchet again I'll come back to you but for me was pretty much the highlight of the whole thing uh, for a number of reasons um, and then in terms of in-house exclusives got a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn called Horizon 2, what's it called? Uh, something West, <laughs> uh, Forbidden West. Um, so sequel to Horizon, that's massive, you know, um, a lot of people have been wanting it. Um, we got a sort of trailer, uh, much more than a teaser, I think more than probably most people expected. And I think there was some, some gameplay in there as well. Um, well, certainly there's some of the footage looked like gameplay. So it's possible Horizon 
2 isn't that far away, but again was not dated. Um, and then last, I think, from the big um, first-person exclusives anyway uh, for Sony, it was uh, a remake of Demon's Souls, um, so by Bluepoint, um, who did the Shadow of the Colossus remake, so they've got pretty good form in uh, taking an old uh, taking an old game and sort of making it, bring it up to modern standards, both in terms of how it looks and how it plays. Uh, I never played Demon Souls. I'm not actually very good at these sort of Dark Souls, um, Souls-like games, um, so it's probably not for me. Uh, but it looked, um, you know, it looked great. And in terms of sort of crowd pleasers, that's a great example of I think something that Sony does really well at these events. They take either familiar IP, familiar characters, or in a, even well-loved, maybe quite niche titles. Um, but ones that they know that um, the viewers will really latch on to and, and are going to create a real buzz. And something like Demon Cells is a great example of that. Uh, I'm not sure what percentage of people watching will have played the original, um, but given Dark Souls and the whole genre's popularity since, and I think a lot of gamers who follow, um, you know, those influential gamers will be raving about Demon Cells, so that's really wise. Um, so the other two games I wanted to talk about just quickly, just wrap up this kind of summary, um, were two third-party exclusives. Now they may be timed, it's not entirely clear to me, um, but both from Bethesda and that's Deathloop um, from Arcane, who did um, Dishonored um, and Divinity um, Prey. Sorry, Deathloop from Arcane, which, quite frankly, I think possibly behind Ratchet, that looked my jam entirely. Like I really like the look of that. Um, the, the gameplay looked fun. I love the style. Um, I really, really thought I was intrigued by the whole kind of concept. Um, and I really just like that sort of stuff, you know, that um, Edge of Tomorrow, Looper um, and um, many slightly um, kind of more obscure films that I was about to start reeling off, but let's not do that. Uh, but that concept of kind of looping around, you know, um, replaying through, reworking through um, a similar scenario. So um, I think Deathloop looked fantastic, and that was another 2020 game. So Spider Man and Deathloop both coming, both looking really good both coming in 2020. Um, and then the last one was Ghostwire Tokyo, um, which we've seen um, revealed before. Um, both Deathloop actually and Ghostwire, I think, have been revealed before, and neither of them were, you know, both were sort of positioned as multi-platforms. So I do, I suspect both of them are timed exclusives rather than exclusives. Um, but yeah, when you add that up, that's you know, Spider-Man, GT7, Ratchet, Horizon, Demon Souls, Deathloop, Ghost of Tokyo. So we got some really big hitters um, announced, um, shown, and again, I think in all cases with at least some element of what the actual game will look and play like. Um, so I think that was just really Sony on a roll. Um, hitting out these big titles, getting this real buzz about next generation, and really doing what Microsoft need to do in July, which is um, give a whole indication of the sorts of things you'll be playing on next gen. Because, again, it's worth noting, um, they are not the games you'll be playing this year, and in some cases, maybe even not next year. So this really was, and you know, the timing um, makes sense that you start to, you know, you try and give a whole impression of, of the whole generation if you can. Um, Sony, I think, have always been really good at that. Microsoft have, um, have taken tactically and, and very consciously. I've seen interviews about this. They, they try and they've been trying to talk about what's coming this year. So they try not to look too far forward. Um, and I think they got burned a bit with stuff like uh, Scalebound, for example, uh, which got cancelled um, quite far into development. 
but um, they showed that quite early. Um, and also, you know, Crackdown 3, which they did eventually release fairly um, mediocre uh, reviews, but, you know, they stuck with, but Crackdown 3 was probably another good example where Microsoft kind of went out early with a good hype, uh, hype video, but then couldn't deliver that product. And so they seem to have backed away from this. I think they will take a similar approach in July for the record. So I think we will see a bit more of that um, kind of longer term trail. Okay, and then just in addition to calling out individual games, I think the variety of what was shown was the other thing that really grabbed me. Um, so, you know, we had some pretty family friendly stuff. Um, we had a, a new game featuring Sackboy from Little Big Planet. Uh, shout out to my friend Craig, who uh, uh, his uh, son uh, is a big fan. And, um, you know, that's really smart from Sony's point of view. You know, they need to show. Um, they need to really show that um, it won't just be one type of experience that people are playing. And Astrobot was another good example of that. I don't know how familiar people are with Astrobot generally because it's only been on VR um, to date. Um, but he is awesome. You know, the whole um, in fact, the game is awesome based on the, the uh, demo that I've played. Anyway, I really, really want to play that game. I've got. A, PlayStation VR um, just waiting to uh, pick it up secondhand and flip it probably quite quickly. Um, but yeah, Astrobot was really wise, and it turns out I think that that um, title is almost um, again something Sony do really well. It's going to be a, a bundled in title, which kind of um, just helps demonstrate and highlight some of the features of the DualSense controller, and I'm sure will be a really good little showcase for PS5 as well. Um, and lastly, uh, uh, Kana, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, uh, also that, I mean, that's my sort of thing. Um, a kind of family friendly, by the looks of it anyway, um, title, um, but with a, a more, a, a slightly less cartoony um, sort of graphic design, mate, what am I looking for, uh, style. Let's go with style. Um, slightly less uh, less cartoony style anyway. And um, yeah, it felt like that was going to be one of the ones that really pulled on your heartstrings. Um, so overall, what we got? We saw the console, uh, which is a pretty bold design. And then we saw a lot of games. So that probably covers quite a lot of uh, what I thought Sony did really well. Um, loads of games, loads of exclusives, um, gave that real impression of, you know, not just what's coming this year, but what's going to come over the next few years, um, and the variety as well, um, along with the, you know, featuring gameplay. I think those were all really good wins. Um, I think the only other thing I wanted to specifically call out um, that I thought was um, really, really impressive was the Ratchet demo. Um, and so, and shout out to the IGN Beyond team because they kind of pointed out some of this stuff and I went back and watched it again and it just, um, yeah, it just made me even more excited really. So first of all, it looked great, um, but you know, the previous um, Ratchet game also looked great. Um, so, you know, the graphics on the new consoles is just no question, they're, they're going to look fantastic. Um, but also what um, what Ratchet showed was this, you know, jumping between worlds instantaneously. Um, so it's really funny, isn't it? You know, I think if a console is trying to, you know, trying to show off a new console, you tend to be looking at, well, racing games, photorealistic stuff, you know, um, maybe a sort of modern, um, modern shooter or something like that. Um, but I think Ratchet's um, style actually really worked to highlight how how just pretty um, the game world looked. Um, but then the additional thing was this um, these rifts that Ratchet could go through to different um, sort of different worlds. Um, and I didn't really notice watching it first, but watching it back, um, thanks again to the to the tip. Um, this really highlights how um, much the SSD could influence gameplay. Um, so, you know, you can imagine, or rather you've surely experienced this idea of um, kind of hidden loads, uh, going in lifts and long corridors, that sort of thing, to get from one place to the other. 
Um, and again, you may not have noticed originally, I didn't, but watching back the trailer for Ratchet, um, the fact that he's sort of diving from one world to the next and the, the, the different dimensions are also then sort of interacting, you know, stuff coming through the ceiling, um, it just felt, assuming that that is something that can happen almost at any point in the game, which was the implication, um, then that's incredible because that just must take so much, um, essentially everything or, or the vast majority of um, what the game has to offer is kind of available um, almost instantaneously. And um, yeah, I thought that was really smart. So, you know, beloved character, really good um, visual um, visual trailer for people to get excited about also showing off the sort of family-friendly uh, elements of the um, portfolio that they've got and demonstrating some of the particular sort of technical um, benefits really of next-gen all in one trailer. I think that Ratchet trailer was really, really smart and um, yeah, watching it again uh, is interesting actually. I think you I got a real appreciation for it the second time I saw it. So overall, we're 25 minutes in uh, to this section and overall there was a lot going on and a lot to praise. So bravo to Sony really because um, quite rightly um, there's a lot of excitement after last night. So loads of good stuff um, from yesterday. Um, just thinking about what was not so good really, or particularly what was missing. Um, so I don't think there were any big uh, Xbox One launch style disasters, uh, no TV, TV, TV. Um, and I did wonder if the, um, the focus on crabs in the Horizon uh, section was a little in joke back to the, I don't know if you remember the giant crab uh, in the PS3 uh, era. Um, again, one of the early memes I think of uh, of gaming um, was how exciting, uh, how excited the um, the team were about this giant crab. But anyway, these uh, these little crabs in Horizon looked much better and were certainly um, downplayed. But if that was a callback, then um, that's certainly something that I took from it and I thought it was pretty funny. Um, so anyway, the um, downsides, uh, or rather anything that didn't work for me. Um, not all the games worked, um, but that's kind of subjective, so I don't think this is anything to, um, to kind of criticise. Um, personally, Godfall, um, I think, looks pretty, but isn't grabbing me. Uh, I think Ghostwire Tokyo, you know, I mentioned that um, they only had two third-party exclusives. Um, I was really, really taken by uh, Deathloop. But Ghostwire Tokyo, I'm sort of less interested in than in the original reveal, which felt a lot spookier, um, and for me, sort of more interesting. So, um, again, not much to go on, but um, that one went down in my list a little bit. Um, and as I say, there were you know there were games in there, some titles I really like, um, sort of kookier, uh, a lot of the smaller indie type games. But they they always struggle, I think, to, to come off well in this sort of presentation. Um, so I sort of reserve judgment on those. Um, and yeah, some of the titles just you know I did find that classic kind of middle conference lull where uh, it feels like your uh, attention span can start to shift a bit. Um, but you know that's smart pacing as well. Start off and end strong. That's the key. Um, so yeah, I think we'll all have our our favourites. Um, I'm sure Spider-Man and uh, Horizon are pretty universal, um, but as I say, some of the games didn't grab me quite so much, um, but there was plenty there for everyone. Um, and speaking of Spider-Man, I think the, um, the Spider-Man Miles Morales reveal, for me, there were, there were some questions in there. Um, so it's, first of all, it's great that it's coming this year. Um, and you know that's pretty soon after the first game for me it's very soon because I only actually played it just this, this past month and um, might talk about that next time because uh, yeah I really really enjoyed that game but um, so I think it's sooner than most people expected and that kind of raised some questions for me as to what it actually is 
Um, they definitely didn't call it Spider-Man 2, uh, which I think was noticeable. Um, and I think, um, particularly because it's on the new console, and particularly because what Sony are doing, um, making a clear line between PS4 and PS5, um, if it's some kind of expansion, um, or sort of side story to the previous game, to the to the first game, I think that's going to have some work to do. Uh, it feels a bit odd um, to um, have a main game on one console and then essentially require you to buy a new console to, to play this expansion. Uh, it feels, my take is it's something like Left Behind in uh, Last of Us on PS3 and then it was included in the remaster on PS4, wasn't it? Um, so I think it's going to be a shorter experience based around um, Miles Morales, but you know maybe it's full length. Um, and then that was, you know, that was my thought last night. Um, and then gameplay would be would have helped as well. I think it was very hard to tell. I mean, there's moments in Spider-Man on PS4 where some of the interactive stuff is looks so good you could easily mistake it for pre-render. So it's possible what we saw was. Um, um, quite a lot of gameplay in the Spider-Man reveal, but again, for me, it was hard to see the step up between the already beautiful PS4 Spider-Man and this expansion. So, again, if what you're doing is giving people largely more of the same, probably same city because it's you know it's New York after all, it's where it's set, and also because it's so soon really after the first game. Um, so I think there, you know, I think it would need to, you know, feel like a significant step up, and um, to not feel like it was a bit of hard luck on people who um, played the first and wanted to expand that universe. You know, if it's not also available on PS4, um, that seems a little bit harsh to me, and could create a bit of a backlash. Now, what's interesting is those were my thoughts last night, um, honestly. Um, and then today, um, Friday the 12th um, of June, we've seen some quotes, which um, I think it's from one of the Sony Europe um, leadership team uh, in one of the UK papers. Um, but anyway, the quote says, you could call it an expansion and enhancement to the previous game. So interesting. Um, very much coming out to say it's not a sequel. And I think, to be honest, I thought that was obvious from yesterday, but they didn't say it. Um, and maybe that was deliberate. They wanted to, um, you know, get the benefit of people thinking it was a new Spider game. And you know, semantics, it could be, depending on how it's packaged up. But it's clearly not going to be a, uh, you know, I think the gap between Horizon and Horizon 2 is going to be. Um, real sort of sequel territory, whereas this feels much more like, as I said, the um, sort of big DLC, you know, left behind, or maybe going back to Grand Theft Auto 4 um, with those two story DLCs, where you've got the same setting but potentially a large new story. Um, but yeah, that's what I saw it as. And obviously, now coming over to the next console, the enhancement elements of it. Um, it's clearly, you know, it's going to take advantage of the, of the hardware in at least some ways. Um, now for me though, what I'm nervous about, I think the worst case um, is, you know, they say you could call it an expansion and enhancement to the previous game. I think the two suggest that it will be either, so best case, a standalone um, story, um, just set in you know, set in New York and based on a lot of the tech underneath it, but upgraded. Um, I would have much less problem with that. I think that's the best case. You know, you just buy this title on PS5, um, all the content is new, uh, all the story content is new. Um, I think the worst option, which is what I feared when I first saw this quote reported, um, is that this is a kind of um, Game of the Year edition type thing of Spider-Man, including um, the Mars Morales storyline. Um, and the worst case would be if that was without the ability to just buy that new content, because those of us who played the first game, that would suck royally. 
um, if you had to essentially rebuy um, your uh, content that you've either bought or maybe played. In my case, I played it through PS Now, so I don't own it anyway. So um, it's a bit of a, I'm in a bit of a weird position on that anyway. I'd, you know, I wouldn't be able to upgrade necessarily. Um, and that's the middle option, which I think um, Sony would be very wise to do, uh, which is some kind of upgrade. So if this was, um, if what you could do is buy essentially a kind of Spider-Man remaster, even two years after it was released, but a remaster where um, if you hadn't experienced that on PS4, you could on 5, plus you get this Miles Morales content. Um, but then if they could offer some kind of upgrade option, um, some way to um, upgrade to this enhanced version with um, enhancements to the base game and the Miles Morales storyline, um, that would be a, a really smart middle ground. And um, I think what makes me nervous is that if that's the case, that's really positive and they could have said that. Um, maybe not in the presentation, but in, in follow-up. You know, they've issued a lot of information after the event, um, which makes me nervous that it's the worst case. And I think this is one element where Microsoft have been really, really clear about smart delivery. Sony haven't. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're up to something, but it certainly um, raises questions. So yeah, Spidey, amazing. It's going to be great. Potentially, I mean, that for me is the, the biggest and maybe only reason uh, to jump into PS5 this autumn. Um, but there are some question marks around it, so I think that's worth calling out as a potential issue. Uh, the next thing for me that I thought was was um, kind of frustrating and actually this particularly this kind of is just one of my bugbears that annoys me um, is dates or the lack of dates um, and so uh, Pragmata, Pragmata the um, teaser from Capcom was the, the worst offender you know here's a game where we are getting a, um, a teaser it's definitely not gameplay um, for a game that's scheduled to release in 2022 um, that is an interesting choice. Um, it's also cross-platform, so um, you know I understand um, people's you know hunger for new IP and Capcom are going through a bit of a renaissance at the moment, so that all makes sense. But yeah, teasing a game that's uh, not going to be out for um, potentially two two and a half years does seem an odd one. And um, to be fair, lots of, I thought anyway, lots of the most impressive stuff, um, I got the feeling was quite a long way off. Um, so Project Athia, Athia um, looked very similar to the Unreal 5 demo, I've got to say. That's the one that kind of my brain connected the two anyway. Um, but you know, if it's called Project, then uh, suggest to me that it's, um, it's in early stages. Um, and as I say, you know, we had GT7, uh, Horizon 2, um, Demon Souls as well, you know, none of these were dated. Um, and so certainly the implication is that these games are at least 2021, if not further away. Um, and that takes a lot of the, uh, doesn't take away the hype. I mean, I can see that people uh, are still excited, and so am I, you know, that's what this is for. Um, and I praise Sony for showing a broader range of content, so I can't be too critical. But, um, yeah, I think it leaves actually this autumn quite, quite quiet. Um, and maybe I'm wrong on that one, but yeah, the lack of dates, I found the lack of dates disturbing. Um, and so, yeah, last two things, hardware, for me, I wanted more about the hardware now. I'm sure it will come. Um, and obviously, you know, Microsoft and um, Sony are doing this weird um, game of, of chicken, really, with date and price. Um, so it's not too surprising we didn't see that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted more on the hardware. I mean, we saw the console, so that's progress. Um, but you know, we have seen on the Series X side, you know, we've seen people hands-on with the console, we've had measurements, um, we kind of know how it's all put together, 
Um, I love that stuff. Maybe that's just me. But what I think it shows is, um, or rather it does, is it makes it real. It takes away some of the sort of render, um, you know, the doubts that you have from, from seeing a render. Um, answers a lot of the questions that you might have. Uh, I can see why from a hype level that might not help because people asking questions keeps it in the conversation. Um, but yeah, on the hardware side, I wanted a bit more. I wanted a proper look at the actual machine, see what the ports are, that sort of stuff. And then the thing I was hoping for and that I'm really, really um, nervous about, uh, I think that's probably the right word, cynical, nervous, um, and slightly concerned is backwards compatibility. Um, you know, what we've heard from, it's really important to me, um, and I know it's not important to everyone, and I think Backcompat and Smart Delivery together um, are a real strength of Microsoft. And I think Sony being quiet on it um, just makes me suspicious that they're not going to go as hard um, and as far as Xbox did. And you know, for me, I, I was hoping, um, you know, for PlayStation owners, and I hope to be one. Um, you know, I am a PS4 owner and. I was really hoping that Sony would, would mirror Microsoft's commitments, which is essentially that um, everything playable, what they're trying to do is everything playable on Xbox One, so that's Xbox One titles, 360 backwards compatibility and original Xbox titles um, are playable on Series X, um, but not just playable, but that they, um, many of them are enhanced. And um, a couple of the things that Microsoft are doing in that area, I think, are really, really good. So, yeah, the fact that Sony's staying quiet on this makes me suspicious. And things like that Spidey reveal just play into my OS fears that we might be looking at, um, you know, Sony might be looking at ways to kind of encourage double dipping. Um, and if they're doing that, then they're immediately, you know, the commercial incentive for them is to not. Um, make backwards compatibility such a focus and as I say it could be a simple compatibility um, and if they can extend that out backwards beyond PS4 I think that's a massive win um, if they can even just have all the PS4 titles playable that's you know much better than the top 100 which is what they sort of implied and then uh, then I think explained away a bit so uh, hopefully it's not that bad um, but beyond that, you know, this idea of enhancing those titles or, or coming up with a way to automatically have those titles be enhanced, um, those are all things I was really looking for from Sony. Um, as I say, maybe it's going to come, uh, that information. I'm sure we'll hear more um, about PS5. I don't think this was everything, um, but I wanted it yesterday, so that was really disappointing. And then last but least, very, very quickly, um, not a misfire or an issue at all from the uh, event, but just acknowledging it's really hard to see on a you know a 1080p 30 frames per second YouTube stream. Um, it's really hard to see um, what these games really have to offer. Um, and so I've looked at a couple of the uploaded videos since, um, higher resolution, better encoding, um, and they immediately make a big difference. So um, it's not to say, uh, yeah, there's no criticism, it's just how it is, but um, one of the reasons I think it's probably best to take um, the detail of these sorts of events with a pinch of salt is that you're never really getting the best um, version of these games. Um, but yeah, as I say, what I did see, um, I thought was pretty damn impressive. Okay, so that's what I thought of yesterday's presentation. Um, generally really positive, um, and that sort of covers um, PlayStation 5, I think. What I wanted to do as well was just um, call out a couple of um, maybe bigger picture topics that I thought, um, well, I thought about anyway, um, sort of as the show was going on and then since. So um, let's get to those quickly. So the first one is really um, focusing on some of the third party games that were shown yesterday. So, you know, if you're planning to get a PS5 or if you are just interested in next gen generally, um, there are a couple of games that were shown that um, might be of interest to you, even if you're not um, planning to jump in on PS5. So, Resident Evil 8, for example, I think looked, I thought it looked awesome, uh, and Hitman 3 as well. 
and there are some other examples too. Um, so just highlighting those really because you know if you're a, if you're an Xbox um, fan, um, you've probably got maybe more gameplay from some third party um, developers there than you got back in the Xbox event in May. Um, and um, Aaron Greenberg, one of the uh, Microsoft execs, um, tweeted, you know, Resi 8, uh, Hitman, I think Grand Theft Auto 5, and uh, the NBA game, NBA 2K21, I guess. Um, you know, will all look great on Xbox Series X. And I think that was worth sort of calling out. So, you know, these events are um, obviously sort of showcases for exclusives, and there's a couple of third-party exclusives in there, as we said. Um, but also what we saw yesterday um, was a really good taste of next generation, uh, however you're going to play. So just worth pulling out that there was something in that show yesterday for um, anyone, whichever whichever side of the line you tend to fall. And, you know, as I say, um, for multi-platform fans, then um, they'll be able to see how those titles perform on their other systems. Um, one thing I did think was really interesting, which is maybe a bit more, um, I don't know if it's a, a theoretical, philosophical, or just um, me um, going off on one, but uh, I thought it was interesting anyway, was I thought there were um, real signs of clear lines yesterday um, between uh, Sony's approach and Microsoft. Um, so it's interesting, I think when the specs came out, there's quite a lot of similarity between the two consoles. I mean, not necessarily in exactly how they're set up, and you know, I'm not planning to get into any kind of um, discussion about power or, or specs. I think uh, they're obviously not the same. I think it's probably fair to say that they're pretty close. And the main thing is, in principle, you know, they are both built on a PC style architecture, and that. You know, that hasn't always been the case. You know, uh, PlayStation 3 is sort of famously difficult to develop for with its cell um, processor. Uh, and now, you know, both consoles are, are very sort of similar in terms of setup. Uh, execution is slightly different. Um, so it's tempting to kind of see um, next gen as, as a kind of um, battle between two um, very similar very similar um, visions, but actually I think what came out of uh, yesterday and really the last um, few presentations is that actually their visions are really different, what they're going to do with these machines. Um, so the obvious sign of that is the design. So um, you look at the um, you know the design of, uh, of the PlayStation 5, very eye-catching, very bold. Um, and it feels to me anyway like it's designed to stand out and to really be the focus, um, you know, to, to get people talking about it. It certainly succeeded yesterday. And flip across to uh, Xbox Series X, and it's almost the opposite. Um, you know, that uh, apart from the, um, the shape itself, the kind of tower shape, which I think people will adjust to pretty quickly, if I'm honest. Um, maybe not in terms of where to where to put it, but certainly I think um, it's going to become very familiar and almost disappear into the background um, just because of the design. Um, and I think that's very much reflects um, Microsoft's kind of strategy. When again, personally, my take on it, um, and I, I'm not a designer, but I would have thought um, part of what they're trying to do um, ties in with. Uh, their sort of strategy about trying to um, being happy really where you play. So, you know, you could play on a PC, Series X, Xbox One X, One S, three Project X Cloud, all of those ways to play Xbox games. Um, Microsoft are very happy for you to do any of that, and almost the box is sort of irrelevant from their perspective. I know um, Phil Spencer has been very, um, very adamant to to. Um, highlight that um, they're not giving up on hardware. Um, you know they are not going all in on just streaming. So with XCloud, it's it's an option and it's a supplementary service. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. It feels to me like the the physical design, the design language, really ties in with their strategy. Um, and again, that's that for me is a very sort of Giles uh, observation from this uh, this sort of event. Um, but I think it's uh, it's also manifests itself in different ways. So the other thing, and the other I think clear line, and it was highlighted yesterday, and you know, almost a sort of 
um, almost a point made, I think, by Sony where they were talking again. They've done it in, um, in text. I think this was the first time I've seen them say it, um, which was, you know, they believe in console generations. And um, even something like Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, which, you know, on the surface, um, you could imagine there's easily um, possible to make a, you know, a, a PS4 version of that game. It sounded like, certainly, and I wonder if this is the case, because, um, yeah, I just wonder if they're not going to do a, a PS4 version. But anyway, you know, it's certainly the, the marketing yesterday was all about this is only available on PS5. Um, certainly there are other exclusives they're, deter you know, they're, they're adamant and they're very clear this is only available on PS5 and they're marking a clear different differentiation between PS4 and PS5 you just look at their design language you know, no one's going to confuse a PlayStation 4 or PS4 Pro um, with that machine that we saw yesterday it's, I mean it couldn't be more different and to me again that really says we are you know, this is a this is a new generation and a, a very clear line. Whereas Microsoft again, if you look at the design language, Series X is essentially a, a thicker uh, Xbox One X. You know, same color, same material, same um, industrial design generally. Um, and yeah, they could be you know could be its kind of uh, fat or hench cousin. Say. Um, Again, I just think those two things are interesting, you know, that what the physical design of the consoles and the uh, messaging that's coming out, this idea that Sony are really saying, right, PS4 was, that's done, now we're moving on. Um, whereas Microsoft very clearly blending the generations, you know, um, committing that their uh, first party titles, for example, are coming to both um, or all Xbox One and Series X um, machines. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And it's kind of weird. The, the other thing I wanted to pick up on, on that um, was that, I don't know, my first reaction was when you think about that and you think one company is trying to kind of draw a line under this generation um, and to really stand out and say this is something different. And the other company is saying, uh, this is a continuation, this is an evolution, uh, and they're all part of the same family. Um, my immediate thought is, you would think that's the other way around then, you know, you, surely um, Sony, having been so successful with PS4, would like to blur those boundaries a bit more and have people um, associate the new machine with the success and, and with all the positives, you know, the games. Um, the general um, sort of dominance, really, of this generation, um, and that Microsoft would be the ones who wanted to draw a line under Xbox One and say, no, you know, that's gone. Now we're starting, um, starting again. Um, but it's not the case. It's the other way around. And again, as an observation, I just thought that was interesting. And um, you kind of think, well, how, you know, why might it be the other way around? Um, because it seems counterintuitive to me. Um, and the only thing I could really think of was, um, well, two things, I suppose. One was confidence. I think um, it kind of suggests that, um, you know, you, you, tend to be, you tend to be more bold when you feel confident. Um, and I think that that shows that, you know, PlayStation clearly, you know, 100 million units or whatever it was under their belt, um, they're clearly confident if they believe in this, uh, you know, this uh, look and this approach, then they're going to follow it. Um, so that was one. And the second thing I think is that Sony know that they've built up a huge amount of goodwill with with uh, gamers, uh, with customers out there, and um, you know rightly so for their games. And so it feels to me like maybe they feel they can take more risks because they know that people will come with them on those uh, you know over those sort of differences. Um, so you know maybe it's one of those. Maybe it's a combination. Um, I'd be really fascinated about the psychology, um, but yeah, uh, I, I just think there's a there's a clear line there, both in terms of design, in terms of uh, strategy, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating to see really the two companies going in quite different directions.
And then finally, just as a, as a sort of extension of that, really, um, what that means for me, I just thought it was interesting to, to share my, my thoughts um, because I'm likely to get both machines. Um, I'm, you know, I've been fortunate this generation. I've got uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One X, uh, sorry, PS4 Pro, Xbox One X, and a Switch. So, you know, very fortunate. Um, I just happened to be in a position where uh, I had the time and the, and the disposable income that I could do that um, and have you know really enjoyed being in that position. Um, it's interesting though now in the current climate obviously with things uh, a bit tougher um, you know personally but more generally just just the environment I feel like um, you know I didn't buy those machines all at once and I definitely feel like I will I'm more hesitant um, to spend the money uh, at the moment. So, um, yeah. Whereas I might be the ideal customer for both um, both console manufacturers. I'm, I'm going to buy a lot of technology, and it's sometimes not at, at the most sensible times. Um, but my um, my situation, I'm actually more inclined to buy the Series X. I think. Um, and that's not necessarily because I think it will be the better machine or have the better games, um, but it's more because of that strategy, that sort of um, taking everyone with you strategy that Microsoft had, um, and that's mainly because I've got a uh, I've got a huge backlog of, of really good games that um, I'm still looking forward to playing, um, and I think what PlayStation did, uh, one of the only things maybe they didn't. Um, succeed at yesterday um, was about selling why now um, so you know a lot of the, the really appealing titles on uh, on that um, hour or so um, really are further down the line um, and it's interesting because I think it's probably true with uh, Xbox as well but the, thing, the titles that come out now I mean you've got um, you've got Halo Infinite that's due um, this autumn, so that's obviously a big deal. But um, this idea that you could, on the Xbox uh, sort of model, you could upgrade the console, and that would get more out of the games that you currently own. And then you know, whenever you're ready, you're sort of buying games that will play at their best. Um, that really suits my situation now, and I just wonder. Um, you know, obviously stuff like Game Pass is helpful, and I'm a subscriber. Um, and maybe I was always more inclined to, to go that way, but I can definitely see myself doing what I did this this generation, which is um, probably go uh, Xbox first, um, and then PlayStation perhaps later in the generation, and, and catch up on anything I've missed, knowing that you know right now if we were talking about 2021 as opposed to 2020, I only feel that would be um, Deathloop and. Um, it's Deathloop, isn't it? I should keep my notes up in front of me. But yeah, Deathloop. Uh, and the Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales game, you know. It feels like everything else is going to come later. Um, if anything, I think I'd probably go Xbox, but we'll see. Um, maybe neither. I mean, I'm, I've got plenty to be getting on with. And uh, yeah, July is a big, big, uh, big show for, uh, for Microsoft. So we'll see what they have uh, in store for us. So wrapping up on this um, PlayStation reveal uh, gameplay pod special, um, really just wanted to say, I mean, I think it was a really effective event from uh, from Sony. Um, they are absolute masters in in hyping these things. Um, I think they got the message out about this event and got a real buzz about the place. Um, you know, partly that's obviously they've got um, a huge amount of goodwill with uh, with gamers and a, a much bigger audience that they're talking to at the moment than, than Microsoft. But they did really well, I think, in, in getting people's attention, getting their eyes focused on um, this stream. And then, you know, having people got there, I think they did an excellent job. Um, really, you know, loads of games, sharing that, um, you know, that console design, uh, getting people talking, um, and you know, as always, they've got um, some great exclusives uh, that they can draw on, and you know, they're never afraid to to look further into the future and give people a really 
sort of um, a broad idea and lots of reasons to uh, to sort of commit themselves to their console. So it'll be really interesting if um, in July's event if Microsoft um, pull off the same sort of template because I think what's um, what's for sure is that nothing, you know there's probably never been more riding on on one event I think for a games company. It feels to me like. Um, you know, Microsoft really have to show um, that they have the exclusives, they have the games, and that um, there are, you know, there are reasons for people to, uh, who've maybe become loyal to Sony, largely based on the games themselves, um, to jump over. I think they will do that. I've got quite a lot of confidence. I think May was a huge misstep, um, but I think uh, we will see a much stronger um, Microsoft in July and then you know it's all going to come down to price timing and the services so um, yeah other stuff happening this week but uh, I'm going to leave it there um, I'm going to be back next week because um, that gets me back onto my uh, my kind of normal rhythm uh, fortnightly uh, you'll find me here uh, on your usual podcast platforms please spread the word and I am Charles Nicholson Charles Wentwest on Twitter Xbox Live and PlayStation Network and talk to you next week. Bye.